Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show where, of course, we talk about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me, as always, is a man who played in the National Football League, but he also played professional baseball. He is that he is one of those rare unicorns. But he was on that first Super Bowl bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm talking about none other than Ed Easy Smith. What is good, my brother? Hey, it's almost time for some preseason football out here for the Cardinals, bro. Already to get it jumping off. Easy, dog. Easy. What? Easy, man. Easy. What you what you talking about? It's almost you, you sound juiced about preseason, man. Hey, I'm just saying we got a lot to see with these Cardinals, right? <laughs> this is true. I mean, <laughs> this is definitely they, true. They they might be the gift that gives all the way through the the year. I mean, we're gonna. I mean, I know we're late to the party because we've been working on a lot of different things. This yeah. is our basically our first you know, show of the, the new year camp's been open for about a week or so, yeah. but they are going to be giving us uh, some entertainment throughout the season because it's going to be an up and down for sure. It is going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. And, and one thing I am going to toss out there, we, we got our run sheet for the show, uh, what we talked about on our uh, easy sports talk pod, the intensity thing. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. So just, just throwing that out there. So you know what what's on, but a few things we want to talk about this week uh, is Isaiah Simmons and the value of the depth chart, if there is a value in it, when you're coming into the first preseason game and also the goals for the preseason. I think, uh, I think that was kind of interesting. Some of the things that, uh, that coach kind of laid out there in terms of his, what he's looking for. And then again, talk about intensity because that has been catching some headlines here, not necessarily on the, for the Arizona Cardinals, but, uh, across the league for the Washington Commanders specifically. So let's start with Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is that dude that sometimes I remember being in the in the office at times, right? So in the corporate world, you're in the office and you're and you, a manager comes in. Your manager comes in and says, "Hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z. I need you to reach out. We need to get these TPS reports done." All right, fine, cool. I'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> so you start working on TPS reports. Same manager comes back and says, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you doing? What are you doing? I need you out there because we need to close some sales. So I need you to hit, I need you to go to your territory and I need you to close these sales. All right, cool. So you go and you you go to your sales territory. You go out there and you start doing your thing. They call you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a client that needs to meet with you. What are you doing out in the sales territory? There's somebody that just walked in that needs to meet with you. That is Isaiah Simmons. You want him, they, he comes into the league because they feel that he has so much potential to be able to juggle so much and do so much. And they believe that he had the capacity to do so much because of his career at Clemson that they said, we going to have you do everything. And that hasn't necessarily worked out the way that they intended. We have a new regime here, of course, new GM, new head coach, and, and therefore the coaching staff. And it seems that they have decided you're going to play safety. And after conferring with him, when, when, as you should do, I think when you want to figure out where do you see yourself and the, the player might see themselves at point B and you say, no, 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 that's not what I see. I see you over here at point R. We got to, we got to figure out what that gap is and how I can get you on the page where I, where I need you to be. But it seems as if that will be his home playing safety and being, being a little bit free and not being asked to do so many things. Your thoughts. I think that's a, a great thing for Isaiah. I think, you know, the first uh, couple of years or so here, 
his head was probably spinning because they were asking him to do so much. You right. Know? And that, you know, that's one of the things about like when they, when they drafted him, they made the proclamation, he's going to be a jack of all trades. We can use him here. We can do this or that. And they never let him get comfortable or settled in, in at the NFL level of playing one position, mastering that and then branching him out. I thought that was an error in the ways of Kime and even Kingsbury and, you know, the defensive coordinators and everybody. Vance Joseph, yeah. Vance Joseph, they, you know, like they made this proclamation. They went out and they, they showed us, you know, what they were trying to do with him, but it never came to fruition. So with the new regime coming in, they're like, look, you know, we're probably not all that impressed with what you put on tape, but we see potential there. Right. And they went and conferred with him. And I think, you know, I think he feels com- most comfortable at the safety position. So they came to that, uh, you know, that, uh, kind of agreement and I think that's going to be beneficial for him I think you know stay in one room get that down and then as the defense evolves if the, now here's the big if if there's a plan for him here moving forward mm-hmm. then they will you know make those adjustments accordingly so this is a, a proven year for him in my opinion um, and I'm glad he's getting the chance to settle in and hopefully you know do, do you know do his uh, do his thing at one position. So I'm glad they've made this uh, decision. And, you know, it looks like uh, we'll be good moving forward. But, you know, this, this offense and defense, this defense, this whole team is going to be uh, – it's going to be a, a, a wait and see. You know, we know what the over-under is for their wins. I'm This is going to be a season, Jay. I know I'm speaking ahead, but this is going to be a season where I'm looking more for not results as far as wins and Ws, Mm-hmm. Wins and losses, but how they're out there playing the game. Are they flying around? Are they making it competitive? We guys, you know, we have guys, you know, especially as we get into the season, are they giving up, protecting themselves, playing for a contract? Yeah. There's a lot of things, like I said, and that's all going to be on head coach Gannon in terms of, you know, hey, getting these guys ready. This is the year you would have wanted to see hard knocks, to see inside. You know, right. we saw, we're seeing the Jets, obviously. To start the season here, but this we dealt with this last year at the end of the year, the hard knocks thing. This would have been the year I would have wanted to see, you know, what's going on behind the curtain, how the uh, sauce is being made. But that's not the option for us this year. Interesting. So again, I want to before moving on to what you mentioned there is with Isaiah Simmons. It's almost as if we hear about coaches always wanting coaches and GMs. They always want somebody who is team first, do what's best for the team. And it would seem to be because Isaiah Simmons didn't have his fifth year option picked up that by him trying to do what's best for the team in an article in, in, that was that was actually posted on the uh, the Arizona Cardinals website that he last season, they came to him, the, the coaching staff, the, the coaching staff came to him and said, this is what we need you to do for the best. This is what we feel is the best for the team. He wasn't necessarily, he, he was obviously not best suited for that role, but because they asked him to do it, that's what he did. Didn't, didn't shine as they of course had hoped he would. And now he's being, he's being penalized to a certain extent by that fifth year option not being picked up his career. This is one of those, not career on life support, but I think you get what I mean, where you, if you want to be, if you want to be in contention to be a starter in this league, you need to have a wonderful year. And this is one of those situations that to me, it seems 
you try to do what's best for the team and it, and it hurts you. And that's why sometimes you have those players that say, nah, I'm doing what I'm looking out for myself. And if they're looking out for myself benefits the team, then I guess that's a win-win situation. It seems like that's where this, where it kind of fell apart in this, in this instance. What's interesting for Isaiah Simmons is when he was drafted, there were several teams that were, you know, the one in particular, the Carolina Panthers, they were just drooling over him. Yes. I've done several podcasts over the last couple of years when they, they're, they're always interested. How's Isaiah doing over there? You know, is he, and uh, you know, because they saw the talent yeah. and they saw how he could have been a good fit for them. So for Isaiah Simmons and I, you know, I tell, I would tell any player, you know, while you're out there, you want to give it all for your team, but keep your best interest in, in hand as well. We've seen that the Cardinals have, did not pick up this fifth year option. So to a certain degree, if he goes out, he, he goes out there this year and balls out, the ball is now back in his court. Right. And he can, you know, so decide to, hey, you know, say if he goes out there and he has a Pro Bowl season and mm-hmm. the Cardinals are all of a sudden, hey, Isaiah, we are so happy with everything you've done. You know, hey, we'd like to offer you this contract. Hey, you know, I appreciate that. I, you know, get my, me and my agent will get back to you, you know. Right. So right. that's where they set themselves up. You know, they're taking a one-year look at him, didn't offer him the fifth year, but he now has an opportunity, like I said, to go out there and do his thing and better himself. We've seen other players that have been here. The Cardinals didn't, yeah, didn't so much step up to the plate, and then they go somewhere else. It's funny. I, I've, I've been meaning to bring this one up since last year. How about one, um, uh, Kurt, the wide receiver? Um, what's he went over to, uh, uh, Jacksonville, uh, right? Jacksonville and yeah. balled out, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was a throwaway here. Didn't, you know, and, and I don't know what the miscommunication was on the field, off the field, but he's gone over there and he's made a name for himself and got paid. Yeah. You know, when he got that contract, it was like, what? Uh, but he's fitting in well. The Jacksonville is a team on the rise. He's a big part of it over there. He'll probably slide back to a two now that they got Ridley uh, off that suspension. But he has said it, you know, it's, it's one man's, uh, trash. Uh, trash is another man's treasure, you know, yeah. and that's what might end up happening for Isaiah Simmons. You know, he'll do what he has to do here, but when the time comes at the end of this season, he could be setting himself up for a nice paycheck, and he would now have the option of whether it's here because you know, like I said they don't have that fifth year now. They, he's pretty much a free man after this <laughs> uh, after this season. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals, so. The the Cardinals and I'll be at this game and I, 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 I yeah I mentioned this to my <laughs> wife and and she she took it as a slight because she thought man I got an opportunity we're going to be going to a regular season game as well so I can't be mad at her about that but she was so juiced about I got us tickets to the to the preseason game and I said babe you don't want to do that <laughs> you shouldn't have done that well I was just trying I thought you taking it the wrong way I'm just saying you'll see when we get there. There's a difference between saying I'm at a game and I'm watching the starters and I'm at a game and I'm watching dudes that aren't going to be on this team in the next week or two. But, uh, but the Cardinals will be playing the, uh, the Broncos. They'll be coming Broncos, into town. Yeah. And so we'll, at best, we'll get a series from some of the starters, but the, but the big time starters and big stars, they won't see the field. You at might all. get a, you might get a peek at uh, Russell Wilson. I heard he's supposed to be playing. So, I mean, it'll probably be a series. Yeah. And he'll probably hand the ball off three times. You know, maybe throw one quick pass or something like that. But, you know, like I said, enjoy the popcorn, bro. The popcorn, a hot dog, and a beer. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. I'll be thinking about you as I'm sitting at home 
man, watching something else other than that game. There is something <laughs> about being at home and being able to have free access to your bathroom and your in in your own uh, concession <laughs> stand, if you will, as opposed to you don't like paying twenty dollars for a beer. Man, good lord! Not if it, unless it's a, unless it's a four or six pack of one of the IPAs that I like. That's what I like. It. But twenty dollars uh, for a Bud Light. <laughs> for a Bud Light. For a Bud Light. <laughs> How much value? The first the first uh, depth chart came out, and I I, I want it without getting into the weeds on who's on what. I mean, there are a couple of things that I wanted to to mention that stood out, uh, but. How much does that first depth chart leading into the first preseason game, especially now that we have three games as opposed to being having four where and they in in as each year goes on, there seems to be less value in seeing what your starters can do. How much value do you do you place in the in the first depth chart that comes out before the first preseason game? Any game that has pre before it, then then there's not much value in that. So these pre season games, yeah. this is how they're rolling it out. Yeah. Uh, they want to take a look at certain guys or certain guys are that are injured. Obviously, with our quarterback situation, you know, where, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's not a whole lot that can be said for these games. At the same time, when I was playing, this was gold for me. Right. A player like myself, I was trying to make a roster, you know, no shame in that. Yeah. But, you know, as far as what we can tell from these opening, you know, one the, the goal is please don't go out there and get hurt. Our starters. Now, there's a difference in rosters. You have, like, say a roster like, I don't know, pick a team that's the, the Niners. Okay. The Niners are loaded from top to bottom, right? Yes. They've got, I mean, their starters are not like our starters. Right. So everything is not created equal in on NFL rosters. So, you know, Niners are looking – and they're picking their premier starters, your Debo's, your quarterback, your Bosa. You're going down the list. And you're like, you dudes. It's like you remember me trading baseball cards back in the day. Yeah. And you take you take five or ten of them. You're like, these are off limits. These get, <laughs> put those back, and I don't care. You can come at me with, and you know, dudes used to take advantage of me because I was always dealing with the older dudes, and they would take advantage of me. But then once I knew, it was like, oh, you crazy. So these five to ten don't even ask about. So those are dudes that not even touching. You know, we saw uh, the uh, Hall of Fame game last week. Aaron Rodgers sitting on the sideline. He's not getting. He this dude ain't playing a snap in the pre in the preseason, right? Right, right. We don't we don't necessarily have that option. We don't have players that we're like, wow, this dude can't get hurt because there are we have starters that would not make other people's team rosters. Okay. That's how bad our roster is. Yeah. And it's designed so. I'm not taking shots at we didn't sign any free agents, you know, big time free agents. We got rid of the ones that we thought were of you know of value. They went other places and we drafted some rookies. So we don't have a bunch here. So this might be a situation where, you know, everybody can get out there and play because we're not necessarily we're looking more for the experience of getting out there at the temple and stuff like that. And in terms of we're not trying to protect any real assets because we don't in my opinion, have what you call great assets for the preseason to protect. So, you know, you'll see some guys out there running around. They'll try to get the so-called starters, if they play, get them in and out as fast as they can so they can get some of the young guys some snaps. But this is not, you know, like I said, you're in for a real treat of looking through your program while you're at the game. Hmm. Uh, you know, who's that? You know, so keep keep good notes, man, because, you know, you'll be our eyes and ears in the stands for <laughs> preseason game one. 
<laughs> One thing I noticed that so just a couple of things that, and this kind of got some of the notes from uh, from CardsWire dot com that uh, the aforementioned Isaiah Simmons that he's not a starter at least listed on the base defense, but um, but it's assumed that especially given what they're the changes that they're making and as you mentioned they're kind of um, uh, they're they they have a a dearth of of talent when it comes to just in terms of on the defensive and offensive side of the ball that he should be definitely getting some snaps. Uh, I think it was what is it? Um, Antonio Hamilton is listed as the starting quarter cornerback. And um, even though that he, I guess most of the time he's been running with the second unit uh, in camp. And then also we have the the starting uh, guard, Elijah Wilkinson um, is, is listed as a starting guard. Uh, so again, we'll see. And a lot of this stuff is going to be kind of moving parts. My Jay Sanders uh, was listed as third string behind Dennis Gardeck and uh, Victor Demukeji. So you know, just just things to kind of keep in mind and yeah. see how these things fluctuate as they go. Can I, I'm looking at it looks like Buda Baker's in the starting lineup, um, or as far as the depth chart, he's yeah. out there. I would, I would imagine, what would what what the purpose of having Buda out there? I mean, that's not, I don't I, he would be one of those guys. The one rare guy on this roster that I would have sitting on the sideline, I would not have him out there in this preseason game. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to prove, or you know, if he, he can learn this off of this defense in uh, practice, I don't necessarily see a reason to have him out there. But we'll see. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And uh, I know we on Vic. You can still see me, right? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. So <clears throat> here's something that I want your thoughts on. So is it coming into, you used to, for those who don't know, that Ed was actually, he was a position coach for a little while here. Uh, locally, I want to say it was at the Phoenix the, College, Phoenix College uh, here. So he knows a little bit about going in and expectations for games and, and all those things. But there, Jonathan Gannon was asked about what are you expecting? What are your expectations? Uh, what are your goals for this for preseason game number one? And so I want to throw some of these things at you and just kind of get your thoughts. So he, for one, he wants the team to compete. And this is what he said. The first thing he noted was how he wants the players to compete. It's the culture he has fostered in the building. Everything is a competition. And from all the reports from those that have been there at camp is that it is much more, it's, it's night and day the 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 cliff kingsbury regime to the gannon regime so that so that he wants them to compete no matter what any comments on that no that's i mean that's elementary that's you want the guys out there flying i I, to use the term flying around all the time Mm -hmm. that that is something the coaches definitely want to say competing you want guys if you got a corner up and press uh you know on a, a wide receiver, you want him jamming him full, you know, trail, you know, all the whole thing. You want your defensive lineman getting after the quarterback. You want your run stopping. You want your offensive lineman firing off the ball. You want to see these guys in full, you know, you don't want to see them out there tentative and, you know, pity pat and just trying not to get hurt. And, you know, that's what he's talking about in competing. And that's, you know, this is taking the next step. You've been practicing against yourself. Everybody's wearing the same you know, color of jersey, whether you're wet, red, and white, you know, for separated by often people. Now you got another team coming in here wearing orange, and you want to see dudes getting after it. And that's where those joint practices also come into play as well. You know, I'm not sure if the Cardinals have any plan for this offseason, you know, preseason, but those are valuable as well. This is your first dress rehearsal. You want to see guys who are dressed for this game getting after it, and that's what he's talking about in terms of me competing. He wants to see the tempo and the speed, the, the up 
And, you know, you a lot of times you'll see guys, you know, you can tell when guys are competing and they're just trying not to get hurt out there, stepping away from tackles, stepping away from piles and, you know, being, being you know, like I said, tentative. So that's what he's talking about in terms of competing. So I'm going to give you this next uh, point or next goal that he has and, and let you expound upon it. And this might go a little bit into what you, we just talked about with com- with competing, but know, understand, and execute roles. That is, you know, you've gotten, you've been in the playbook through the off season. Everybody's walking through stuff, you know, then, but now you get to camp, the tempo picks up. And what, what happens is a lot of times guys will, you know, you get your playbook and while you're sitting in your living room, you know, after practice, or if you stay after and you're looking at film there, everything looks crystal clear, you know, right. you know, because it's all right there. It's on paper. Hey, hey we get into this formation and I'm supposed to double down on my tackle. And we're supposed to do this. And we got all of a sudden now you get out there on the field. And even as preseason, there's a, you and I have talked about this before. There's preseason football, there's regular season football, there's postseason. Ooh. So the tempo of practice now picks up because you're playing against another team. Now what happens now uh, reactions and your knowledge of the playbook and everything, it has to be, 40, you know, in 30 seconds because we're working on this clock. Now we're out there. You got people in the stands that, you know, there's audibles because they don't make these really exotic. There won't be game plans, stuff like that. But it's still, you're playing against another team. All of a sudden, they're not lined up. Hey, coach, they're not lined up according to what we saw on the sheet. You know, because we have, on practice, you got dudes standing behind the huddle, showing the formation of, you know, what you're supposed to be looking at, you know, okay, you know, and the scout team goes out and runs it. You know, now, you got dudes shifting. All of a sudden, he's not Ooh. where he was on that piece of paper. And it's like, okay, now we got to adjust. And then he, what he's talking about, he wants players down to the minutia of the playbook where we, we, we might not even want going over this, but one time, but Ooh. you studied enough where now they get into this funky front that we haven't seen. And whoa, you know, oh, we got kind of communication. We got execution. That's what he's looking for. Communication, execution. And, you know, players knowing where they're supposed to be, what this wide receivers, all of a sudden now they throw a rare first game blitz at you, but you have a hot route. Hey, you're supposed to break that off, you right. know, in, in real time. So that's what real quick, for. real quick on that. So speaking of know your roles, you mentioned, uh, you, do you have a hot read, et cetera? And I've been, I, I know I've, I've watched a couple of, I watched like a quarter of a game with you before in terms of coming to your house where you have the multiple screens going on. And oftentimes fans will get upset with the quarterback or the quarterback will be blamed for something. But and you're you're very they said, no, nah, that's that's that was probably the wide receiver. Wide receiver probably didn't with the with the hot route. I mean, didn't didn't kind of check. How how much how much time does that take for a wide receiver to get on the same page as the quarterback when it comes to those things? Or or is that more of the wide receiver's responsibility to say, I know what is expected in my role, what I'm expected to know and execute. It's like a seven layer cake, bro. Okay. A quarterback, the more experienced your quarterback is, he is the dude that knows every single thing that everybody on the field is supposed to be doing as far as his team, mm-hmm. the coverage, the, 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 the protection. That's why he dudes are out there and they're doing these fake counts and stuff to see if they can get the defense to expose what they're doing. Then he changes the coverage. Hey, we're going to slide. And now we're going out to that safety. Now, if he comes or that linebacker and now we got everything covered by our five and our back behind us. If I have to keep my tight end in, I'll, I got a signal for that, that he knows everything, but then everybody else knows 
their particular responsibility too. And that's why it is a, imagine watching a ballet and, you know, multiple people out there doing it and one person is off, either a step behind or totally out of, you can, you can tell it. You look at it and you're like, oh my God, that is that one person is not doing their thing. The same thing, like when I watch football, I can tell that one person was off key. That tackle didn't go out. You look and you got two guys blocking a dude on the interior and that tackle should have came off and got that dude off the edge. And it's like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, because he wasn't on his assignment. Mm. You know, he should have gone down with a hand, with an eye out to the protection. And then if he comes, he slides out. Now we got one, two, you look at the protection, you got one, two, three, four, five. These five should have had this five. You know, that's the, 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 the things, the littlest things, man. And I'm telling you, it happens so fast. One day I'll tell you about just a play I was involved in. You remember these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a blocking scheme. And we didn't go over it all week and something happened. And it was like, wow, it, if I would have been a little more prepared, I might have saw that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's the littlest of things. But like I said, it is a seven-layer kick where one person is supposed to know everything, but then everybody else has to know their individual as well. And a great quarterback, he'll know when somebody doesn't know and he'll remind them or give them a quick signal or something like that. And these are things that are worked out over time and experience by these great quarterbacks because they've won. They want to make sure their behind is protected. Hmm. And sometimes they know their weakest link too. That's why they prepare, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to remember this. So I'm going to make sure he remembers (laughs) this by giving him this or that. I'm telling you, bro, they know their weak links. So, I mean, it's a dance, you know. A couple more of the in terms of goals from what uh, what, what Jonathan Gannon is going to be looking for in terms of goals for the preseason game one, uh, player evaluation and from him and I want to get your thoughts on this schematic execution, physical execution and technique. I mean that goes to everything we just said. Are you out there right. competing? Uh, do you know your playbook and can you handle it at this level? There are a lot of dudes that looked apart, uh, body like uh, Tarzan, hit like Jane. This is the time where you're going to find out who is physical enough to handle it at this level. And that, um, you know, obviously we have a lot of second-tier guys. We want to get the second-tier guys. You look at this is a projected starter. This dude should be out here dominating if he, you know, if he's worth his weight and salt. If he's out there and he's struggling against second-teamers, whether it's mentally and physically, you know, we got a little more work to do here. So they're looking at all aspects of the game and trying to break it down to figure out, hey, we got 53 spots, you know, 10 practice squad dudes. They're already evaluating who's where. And there are some guys who will shock them and shine and mm-hmm. jump up the depth charts. So that's what they're also looking to. They're looking to find out who's going to stay where they're at, who's going to fall from where they're at, and who's going to jump from where they're at. And the last one wins. Win. So with that, I'm thinking, I'm interpreting that as when your battles, when your individual, because I, I would imagine, again, you've been there so that there are, there's the rising and falling action, ebbs and flows within a game. Maybe you, you feel as if you're, maybe you're not executing properly on two or three plays in a row, and then you get another opportunity to come in another series and you're trying to get refocused to get back on track to make sure you're going in the right direction or improving as, as a player or during this game, these game situations. But when he says when I, because in the re- reason I'm pausing with that is because we know that what is it? The uh, Baltimore Ravens for how many 
years in a row have they won every single they've won every single uh preseason game and and so i wonder when he says win what what does that mean to you so i'm asking for interpretation on that one well you gotta you you know here's the thing these games don't mean anything right yeah i've seen teams go four and oh in the preseason and then come out the blocks and they're horrible um to other teams like uh new england they're out there belichick when in his heyday he's like a mad scientist they're out there trying to prepare for the first week of the season, little just hints of stuff. One, you don't want to show all of your 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 stuff for week one. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out there trying to hide the bag for the most part. At the same time, you'd like to get a double W. The I, I would say this in in place of winning these games, Jay. They're even more and they're the most important thing. Let's just come out as healthy. I could care less if I get all my dudes back, no major injuries. I could care less whether we win this game. But we want to get out there. We want to you know, execute, do our things. That's important. That's more important than when the final score of these games, bro, I've been on those planes coming back and, you know, we won, but we played like doo-doo and we had these many dudes out of position, you know, we got lucky and got a win. I'm the coaches are more uh, looking for how the team plays execution. You know, like you said, find out who's, uh, who can handle this, et cetera, et cetera. The final score, who cares? Honestly, yeah, I said, let's get out. Like technical difficulties on my side. But yeah, so Ed, you were saying about what the coach is looking to more kind of evaluate, making sure that doing the right things as opposed to what the score is, if they got one more point than the opponent. Absolutely. That's the last thing on their mind is winning these games. It's all about coming out of them healthy and then watch, being able to evaluate the film and say, you know, being able to pick from one position pl- player to the next. You know, I got a dude out here that knows what he's doing. He's firing off the ball. And here's the thing. Sometimes you're not, especially with these rookies, Jay, they're going to have no clue. This is going to be so right. much faster than anything they've ever uh, competed in. What I want is even when you don't know what the heck you're doing, I want you going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, if I see you out there and it's like a parked car in the middle of the street, bro, hmm. sometimes with these players because it's like, they, you know, they're freezing in the moment because they don't quite know what they're doing. The yeah. dudes that you see, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going right there, going to the ball or, you know, going after the quarterback or, you know, making a play uh, in the secondary, whatever it is. You know, it might even be a blown cover. You yeah. just happen to be in the right position. But I want to see you going 100%, you know, not slowing up or anything like that. So that's the things they're looking for. The W at the ends are nice. Hey, you know, clap, 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 and the golf clap, and yeah, we won this one, you know. <laughs> really, you know, really proud of you guys. We got one more to go. We got next week, you know. So, like I said, until you get to week one in the NFL, like I said, these don't, don't, don't count for anything. So leave me with this one. Leave me with this one. And, again, you're listening to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. He's Ed Smith. I'm Javon Adams. Intensity. So everything that we've heard seems to be that the intensity – that the demands that wanting every everything is a competition as as we mentioned just a few minutes ago that that is resonating in a positive way with the players this week we had issues and he kind of walked back some of his comments uh with uh, uh Rivera the head coach of the Washington Commanders had some of his players come to him and say that uh, Eric Bieniemy was being a little too intense a little too hard on us he being too hard but is if you had to choose, if you're if you're the owner of a team, and there's there there's three different let's say position or anywhere on the spectrum, would you want a coach to be intense, intently intense, like all the way to the right side, somewhere in the middle, or 
super player coach, do what you want to do. We, I trust that you know your position and, and then we'll, we'll take care of business. So if you were the owner and you're bringing somebody in and you're saying to the GM, this is the kind of coach that I want. Um, this is the kind of culture that I want. Where would you want on that spectrum? Well, this is a weird situation because obviously it's new ownership. You got uh, Ron Rivera there, probably looking over his shoulder because they're, you know, evaluating him. Obviously, right. he's not the coach they selected. Uh, what, what's weird about this? We're talking about a, a, a coordinator, not the head coach was being too rough on the player because he's obviously uh, every enemy is first in line charge of the offense, but he's still second or third in line depending on whether you look at defensive coordinator or in terms of hierarchy leadership on the hierarchy on this team. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I'm scratching my head because I'm like, well, Ron Rivera, what are you doing? You know, hmm. you got you got players coming to you. He's being too tough on the, you know, first off, if we've been this crash this lockdown organization where we've been winning games and getting into the playoffs, can you know, contention for AFC or the NFC championships and stuff. Then I'd be like, look, you know, hey, we don't want to rock the boat too much. This has been a team of mediocrity for as long as we can remember. They finally got rid of the horrible owner, which is Dan Snyder. And you bring someone in, I'm thinking you're bringing them in for change. Hmm. So why not have someone who's maybe a little tougher with the whip? You know, um, I I don't understand this whole thing. Players, are they too soft? Is the enemy putting on too much of a show? Maybe I don't know. It's a combination of things. I said this to you the other day. This is this is an organization that had been bad for so long. Yeah. And I, I gave you the analogy of that beautiful red apple on the uh, sitting there on the the shelf with all the other apples in the produce department. You go grab right. it. It's like this thing is beautiful. You put it in with the rest of them. You finally get it home. You take a bite of it. This thing is as nasty and brown on the inside. Yeah. As it as any rotten apple you've ever seen, that is what the commanders have been. They're that beautiful apple. They they were once a pride pride of the NFL, true you know organization. I played for them back in the mid nineties. You know they were you, you said Washington our team at the time, mm-hmm. and it was like oh my god that they were now they're a laughing stock and they and they're just once again showing they're that rotten apple on the shelf. Mm-hmm. It's pretty and beautiful as it looks. You know, new ownership just bought them. It's the same old bad apple. And that's, you know, and then once again, it starts at the top. You got a head coach that one should never even address this stuff. Mm-hmm. And one is on your watch. You're, you know, you're out. Are you not watching practice? You see the enemy out there. If he's screaming too much, you bring him in and say, hey, I'm going to tone it down just a little bit. Or if he's doing exactly what you want, you tell the players, hey, toughen up. And you tell the enemy, keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. Everybody's sending out the wrong message. Head coach, <laughs> head coach is, you know, yeah. he's soft. Don't know what he's doing. Maybe the enemy's being too hard, and you got some players acting like some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Word. Yeah. On behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I'm Javon J. Love Adams. We do this thing. We're gonna be doing it twice a week, and I'll give you when we meet next week. We'll be doing. Uh, I'll give you my recap of being there at preseason game one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here i believe in the arizona cardinals and as we always like to say around this time are you can thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e 
AV on YouTube.